0: Look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popovich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back. You're here with uh, Dave Popovich and More Than Money on... New uh, CHQR uh, 770. Uh, No Faisal today. We're going to uh, finish off the show strong, though, and uh, talk to Jonathan Chevro. So uh, Jonathan's been a regular recurring guest uh, for a number of years on our show and is uh, uh, an authority and a writer and an author on the topic of finance, uh, financial independence, and now retirement. So it's been a a wonderful um, uh, history to follow with uh, Jonathan as an experience uh, both personal and as a uh, as a writer about this. But Jonathan is transitioning into retirement himself, and I often find it's fun to talk to people who are going through the retirement. There's different phases of retirement. There's the honeymoon period, the settling in period. You've got you know the period where you get older, but it's often brings it to life. And so, Jonathan, first of all, I want to welcome you to the show, and thank you for taking some time to spend talking a little bit about your experience.
1: Yeah, well, I I, I guess I, I wrote about it in the Financial Post earlier this week. I got quite yeah. a few comments from other people. I was saying that I'd turn 65. I actually turned 65 early in April, uh, but I had a hockey tournament that weekend, so instead of having our 65th birthday party then, we uh, decided to schedule it uh, right after my my first OAS check, old age security check, arrives yeah. late in May. So uh, that Saturday, we'll be uh, having a kind of a celebration. I and mean, a lot of these people have either friends who are. Just turned sixty-five. Themselves. As you may know, every day, eleven hundred Canadian yeah. baby boomers uh, turn sixty-five, and I think North America-wise, ten thousand every day are retiring. So uh, our numbers are legion, as I'm finding from my emails and hundred percent.
0: And, and the title of your uh, of your article caught my attention. I thought it's great. I mean, you all have always got great titles, but it ain't no party like an OAS party. So I thought okay, <laughs> we got to dig into that a little bit. So let's just talk about. Um, uh, how is retirement going? Tell me a bit about the experience leading up to and sort of this transition into retirement.
1: Well, you, you could say I'm a miserably, miserable example because I'm still working probably yeah. as hard as you, Dave, but yeah. <laughs> that is it's some semblance of a 40-hour week. Uh, but it's what I call the victory lap, you know, with the book Victory Lap Retirement that I wrote with Mike Drack. Um, one of the things in there I talk about, which I think is relevant, is something called the glide path to retirement. What I'm saying is, well, there are a few baby boomers who may get the Golden Watch at 65 and walk out the door Friday with their defined benefit pension on Monday morning, book their first tea time. I think for most baby boomers, it's going to be a lot more gradual process. And my analogy is air flights. Uh, if you're flying to Toronto, you don't expect the pilot, as soon as he gets above Pearson, to suddenly launch a vertical drop to land. No. <laughs> what happens? Around Michigan and Chicago, like hundreds of miles away, he starts to gradually, descend and lower the vehicle, right? So you're going from 30,000 feet to 20 to 10 to, and then finally you land, hopefully, smoothly. So that's what <laughs> I look at retirement as. You're, you're, I'm gradually phasing out a bit of work here and there, gradually upping the uh, leisure, and that way you don't have this shock of, of feeling insignificant or even worse, bored, which is what can happen. It's something we call in the book sudden retirement syndrome. Uh, so I don't really envy somebody who goes from full tilt boogie, 100% work mode to the next day, you know, doing nothing but watching Netflix and sleeping in.
0: Well, I'm glad you I'm glad you actually position it that way because when we when we say the word retirement, people often in, you know associate that with exactly what you've said, I wake up on Monday morning and there's nothing to do, like no work. I shouldn't say nothing to do. There's no uh, formal job. And the problem is if you've been used to that 40 hour work week or more, you've got a 40 hour hole in your week now that you need to plug with something. And if you're not careful, uh, and plug it with nothing or the wrong things, as you said, you end up bored. We see, we see depression, we see all kinds of things. So retirement is not synonymous with not working. Um, it's, it is synonymous with, uh, your fin dependence, right? Your financial independence and your ability to choose pace Play what it is you do it, whatever the case may be.
1: Well, I talk about you know working because now because you want to, not because you have to I mean, the fact is a lot of people have been working for thirty or forty years the baby boomers and it's it 's a big chunk of your life and it 's not like if you subtract full time employment those hours don't exist you't have to fill them You still have to fill twenty four hours a day and if If your identity was wrapped up in the fact yep. you're a vice president somewhere and you 're an important person and empo- you know employees come and uh, look for you guidance. I mean, Riley Moines, I, I, I talked to a lot of other authors who have written books about this. I wrote one in Money sense the other day, Riley Moines' book, The Four Phases of Retirement. And the first phase is basically the vacation of everything. It's a permanent vacation. But rapidly, it's followed by this feeling of feeling insignificant. You're no longer important. And then what he then he says, you go through trial and error. You try to launch a little few things, and then you find some purpose and meaning again. Um, so I talk about the you find purpose and meaning in, in our book, um, but it's based on... Um, uh, you know, essentially, a semi-retirement. It's um, an encore career, self-employment. You know, reinventing yourself. Uh, ideally, you're going to do activities that allow you to issue an invoice to different clients. But it, it could just take the form of charity and philanthropic mm-hmm. work, and you know, even going overseas and helping people. It's up to you, really.
0: Yeah. You mentioned we were talking off air, and you mentioned that you had lots of uh, positive feedback and emails on the article. I'm I'm curious again. Personalizing this a little bit, uh, you're sharing a bit about your experience going through that. What kind of reaction did you get from you know, from the article and sharing this transition that you're going through?
1: Well, a lot of them are saying um, that they're, you know, well, I'm 66, I'm 67, and I'm just like you, i have sort of slowing down a bit, but I haven't completely stopped. Uh, and and, and there's some thinking, are, you know, they, they get into technical issues like should I take old age security mm-hmm. at 65 or wait to 70? Should I take CPP at 60 or wait? And as you know, uh, basically the longer you can wait, the better. I mean, CPP is uh, 42% better at 70, higher benefits than if you took it at 65. Uh, OAS is 36% better. But my reasons for taking OAS and not CPP at 65 are that I figure eventually I'm going to have a big RSP, turns into a RIF with forced taxable withdrawals. At that point, I could get a subject to clawback, so I might as well grab five years of free money while I can CPP doesn't operate that way. There are no CPP clawbacks. It'll just be taxable income. Yeah. So in my case, I'm going to wait, if I can, till 70 to get that CPP that's 42% better. But to OAS is a little bit different. It's a bird in the hand, and I'm taking the bird.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Aside from the technical stuff, I'm curious about other comments, and particularly around this notion. Um, I'm, I'm curious around people's comments when they've to retirement. So there seems to me still, when talking to clients, um, they're – There seems to be a pressure or a stigma attached to continuing to work after retirement. Like this is some kind of a failure versus, um, you know, being engaged in something you enjoy doing at a pace that you enjoy doing it. To what extent did you get any feedback or commentary around that?
1: Well, we talk about, you know, you, 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 are you retiring from something? Something. I mean, retirement should be, you know, your, your, the, the cessation of some painful activity you, you hated for 10 years, 20 years and endured. You should be retiring to something. Like, it really it re- requires planning your victory lap, even while ideally you're still employed. I mean, it doesn't matter. You may not necessarily go to your boss and say, hey, boss, six months from now, I'm out of here, thank goodness. But you might you might want to cultivate a sort of thing like, hey, can you be my first client? Instead of being a salaried employee, I just want to go. To, I was talking to an author, uh, Howard Pell. He wrote a book called Retire Fit Fit and Fit. And he did that exactly with his employer. He went down a three-day week. And, uh, and so, as you know, I mean, what, what is self-employment but having more than one client? A yeah. job, a traditional salary job, is just one client, which is actually, when you think about it, kind of insecure. <laughs> is not it more secure to have and more varied to have multiple clients? So start with your employer. Plan for your victory lap. Ideally, convert your employer from an employer to a client, and then go pick up two and three and four clients, other, other clients. Yeah, if you really really enjoy doing nothing.
2: Yeah,
0: exactly. You've got to fill the gap. I mean, I, I think you've you've touched on something and we've talked about this lots on the show, is you can't you as you said, you can't retire to nothing, right? I mean the T V is not a retirement plan. Uh you will become bored and often that leads to depression. There's other things. So it's this is quite serious and when you say you need to retire to something. The retirement's not the end of the game, right? This it's a it's it's a stop in the, you know, in the in the overall uh, journey that you're taking. And I think some thought needs to be given to that. Any surprises for you? So relative to what you thought of retirement, then when you considered yourself in retirement, you know, did anything surprise you?
1: Well, you know, I had a number of things I thought I was going to do. Was, the moment I turned 65, I was going to rediscover playing bridge, an internet bridge, which I was, was quite passionate about when I had a job. But I guess I, since I've been self employed the last four years, I've been afraid to play internet bridge sort of in Monday to Friday nine to five time because that would mean I was retired and uh, like don't I have something better to do, so I'm surprised I haven't yet re embraced that all I do is I read the bridge column in the paper every day in the national Post um similarly, I was going to uh, I think I had a plan to uh, you know start writing songs or something and uh, as of April sixth when I turned sixty five yeah, well I have yet to do that either, so I guess the surprise is you just I mean, as I said at the end of the Financial Post article, the one you mentioned with the OAS headline, uh, I ran into this guy the day uh, just a couple of weeks after I turned sixty-five. I dealt with him in self-employment, and I said, "Gee, you know, I just I turned sixty-five, but I haven't really, you know, I don't feel any different. Uh, I haven't really stopped working." And he just smiled at me and said, "It's just a number," which is actually true. I mean, yeah, yeah now now I get a little bit of more money comes in from OAS and other sources. So gradually, it goes back to the um, the glide path. You gradually add some streams of income, pensions, annuities, investment income, OAS, and 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 every time you do that, you can kind of uh, work a little less hard. And that's my plan. But so far, I, I guess I'm surprised that I, I if if the whole point is to do nothing, I, I guess I'm not doing a very good job.
0: <laughs> You're failing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you, in that article, you also cited uh, President Trump. Now that's a bit of a polarizing. Personality, but uh, but not from a political perspective, but from an age perspective. And here's a guy at age 72 that decided he just might ramp it up to I don't know as full speed as you can possibly go taking the office of president of the United States. So I think it's a it it is a an interesting thought exercise for people that are you know, approaching or even living in retirement, but certainly planning for it to think a little bit about what you're going to fill that time with. What is going to keep you engaged or that positive stress, as I call it, to get you out of bed in the morning? Because if you don't have that, something, right, to uh, to motivate you that, uh, that has your interest, writing songs or writing books, whatever the case may be, then you're going to run, you're going to get yourself in a whole heap of problems uh, in a relatively short period of time. And we see that manifest itself in many ways. So I want to thank you, Jonathan, we're running out of time here, but for for staying on top of this, sharing your personal experience, uh, and maybe in 10 seconds or less, the number one tip you would give to somebody who's who's approaching this period of retirement. What is it?
1: Well, I guess you'd have to buy the book "Victory Act Retirement" and, and uh, you know, go to Financial Independence Hub and maybe join our new Facebook group I mentioned also in the post uh, called "Younger Next Year 2018." The whole point was that uh, it's not just about money. Uh, once you're semi-retired, you have more time to uh, w- to worry about your physical fitness and even nutrition. So those are the three tips I'd be giving you, Dave.
0: Super good, Jonathan. Thanks again for your time. Appreciate you joining us.
1: Anytime, Dave. Jonathan
0: Chevro is the founder of Financial Independence Hub. He's also co-author of Victory Lap Retirement and a regular recurring guest on our show. Before we wrap up this show, I want to remind everybody that we're going to talk about this process of retirement, not just the money side, but the lifestyle side and how it all connects together. We're doing that at our upcoming seminar, which is Tuesday, May 29th, 7 p.m. at the Crowfoot Co-op Wine, Spirits, and Beer. Uh, To join us for that, you've got to register. Give us a call at 966-8400. That's 966-8400 or you can go on to uh, morethanmoneyradio.com. And a reminder of any of the segments that we covered today in the past, they're all archived there uh, at morethanmoneyradio.com, or you can now have them delivered directly to you in podcast form by searching for More Than Money CHQR on iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of More Than Money on 770 CHQR.